Sanzi? Carl, how you doing, man? How's it going, man? Pretty good. How you doing? Good, good. It's been a long time. It's been a very, very long time. Okay, let's get it on. Um, Let's uh, start the podcast off with a bit of news. What do you think of that? Sounds good. There's been plenty of it. We should probably start with um, some of the trades that happened recently. Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder if uh, what's going to happen on trade deadline day. There's already... um you know things are things are going things are happening so yeah the biggest one being of course the uh Clarkson trade for Nathan Horton yeah which is really interesting that that's probably the one biggest one in terms of what you're saying is yeah getting the most play the most news the most comments uh yeah that's a really interesting one what'd you think of that I I well of course like everybody else right at first glance the first time you hear it you're just scratching your head to know what's going on Horton of course being a quality player albeit injured and perhaps career threatening injury um but Clarkson for Horton skills wise just doesn't make sense so you don't really know what's going on but then you realize that Horton is injured and might have to retire yeah. or at least stay on the books and we slowly the information slowly trickles down we find out that Horton Horton's contract isn't insured so it's actually coming off the books, the CBJ books, and CBJ being not a very rich team or a very strong market, they're looking for talent, on ice talent for that for that price tag. And I guess it makes a little more sense from their side. And of course from Toronto's side, getting rid of a you know, the elephant in the room in Clarkson, the uh, almost Wendell Clark. Yeah. player in Clarkson of, I guess makes Clark, sense yeah. also I mean to me it's a it's it's a fairly good trade for both sides it's a win-win I guess but what are your thoughts yeah I agree I, I think when I first saw that because you know we're here in Korea so it's early morning Friday morning and I just sort of open up Twitter and I see that and um yeah I, I thought it was the strangest thing but you know you sort of take a step back and and start learning more about it and it makes perfect sense like you said Horton you know a According to what Aaron Portsline had written earlier, or I guess, you know, late last year, maybe November or December, he's, uh, what is he, he's the Blue Jackets beat writer for the uh, Columbus Dispatch. He wrote that, you know, long article about Horton probably being done, that this guy's so hurt he can barely yeah, sleep, he can't the, walk, he can't, saying, yeah. can't do anything. And, you know, it's kind of hard to believe at this point. Obviously, we don't know. We're, we're you know, not insiders or anything, but it is sort of hard to believe uh, or hard to think if this guy's ever going to play hockey again, really. I mean, from the sounds of it, he's going to be lucky to, to skate around with his kids, um, you know, let alone play in the NHL. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen. But, um, yeah, it, it sort of helps Toronto kind of bail out of that bad contract. You know, they've got uh, an insane amount of money. So, you know, I, I saw a lot of comments kind of going both ways. You know, hey extend Dave Nonis, you know, Toronto's GM. Great play, great play. Now there's a bit of debate going on who approached who. Was it Columbus that uh, called Toronto on this deal or was it the other way around? 
Um, but either way, you know, known as sort why, of... Why, why is that bothering you, though, if Columbus approached them as opposed to Toronto approaching Columbus? Well, because I think, I think if, if, if Columbus approaches them and Toronto plays it off like we approach them, then it's trying to show competence where there wasn't any. You know, and also, like, let's not forget this is a horrible, horrible, horrible contract. You know, and so Nona sort of looks like that, that kind of spoiled kid who gets bailed out by his rich parents. You know what I mean? When it's not even his idea, it's his buddy's idea. So uh, I think it is important. Um, I'm, I don't know where it came from. I think we'll probably find out more about that today. But I think it is important because, again, you know, this is a, an organization that has to be held more accountable. And they're just not held accountable year after year after year. And so if this thing goes through where Nonus looks like, uh, or, or anyone on the Leafs, you know, looks like a genius for pulling this off, when in fact they didn't, uh, that, that, you know, that doesn't really sit well with me. And I'd imagine that they, wouldn't sit well with They were going well with, all the uh, way the up to fans. Shanahan on that, too. Well, he's, saying, he's making the calls, I'm sure. Well, you know? But they, they, they were praising Shanahan on, oh, are, for oh, that are they, deal, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah so, so that's what I mean. I think it is important where it comes from. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe that's just sort of a, a, a sticking point with me that has absolutely no significance whatsoever. But I think this organization has to be held accountable for its decision-making. And so if this looks like a genius move and they weren't the ones that initiated it and they're pretending like they are, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily like that. But, you know, in the end, who cares, right? Yeah. Well, talking to Toronto, they're also shopping Jeffrey Lupo right now. Yeah. Where do you think he lands, if he lands anywhere? And what do you think he'll bring in? What do you think he's uh, worth? It's I don't, like, you know. His contract isn't pretty and he's often injured yeah he's signed to what 2019 i think it is something like that so he's got quite a few more years um i think with lupo you know it might I, i'm not sure you know it might depend on where vermette goes right uh if teams strike out on vermette they might look to lupo but they're um, not they're not at all the same i don't understand why that would be one well because you need goals and you know but vermette I, doesn't provide you goals though well, he provides a bit of, you know, stability on that on those lower lines, uh, which I think, you know, Lupul can as well. And he can also chip in offensively, like you said, when he's healthy. But, you know, what other good forwards are there out there? You know, I don't know. Well, that that's true. That's true. You there know, are so a lot I mean, of hockey I mean, deals yeah, to they're, be made, they're, but they're there's not players. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, that was interesting. Today I saw Craig Custance of ESPN tweeted out, uh, you know, looking at Yager and Winnick. You know, when it goes to uh, Pittsburgh, Yager just went to Florida today. Uh, in their last 61 playoff games combined, they have one goal. And you know what that cost teams? It costs, you know, total, it was two first rounds, a third, and a fourth. So a loophole? I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's a seller's market. Um, you know, L.A. had to... I think it was a, a seller's a market rounder. yesterday. I don't know if it's going to be a seller's market come trade deadline, though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're coming down to the wire. Teams might try and wait it out. And like you said, I mean, it, it, it sort of depends on where a lot of other pieces go. You know, wherever Met goes, where, where other players go, that's obviously going to affect where Lupo goes, if he goes anywhere at all. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Larry Anoff, remember your Detroit Wegwing? Wing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Larry. Never forget him. The professor. The professor, exactly. He's now a player agent, mm -hmm. mostly representing... Uh, a Russian constituents in the NHL. Yeah, enigmas, they're called. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. One of which is Yakupov. Yeah. And he's basically saying that it's easier to destroy than to create in the NHL. Meaning offensive players have a hard time flourishing in the mm. NHL. And he basically uses Datsyuk as an example. Saying that Datsyuk, when he first came into the league, would try things and then make a mistake and be really worried and want to stop. But then he, he said that himself uh, and his fellow wings would tell him to continue on and we'll, we'll be there to fix your mistakes while you, you know, continue, continue your offensive development, continue doing those crazy moves, and we got your back. Don't worry about it. And basically, he basically says, in some ways, just put a defensive guy on a line with an offensively gifted player and like like they did in Detroit and everything should be fine for let's just say for example a guy like Yakupov yeah i yeah i mean i i didn't read that whole piece i sort of skimmed through it and i i've heard uh you know other podcasts bring this up and people talk about this and um yeah i i mean I think he's also specifically talking more towards kind of European players, right? And smaller players. Uh, I remember him talking about his, his size. You know, Larionov wasn't a big guy. Datsuk was a small guy. That's why he's also pretty overlooked, right? And fell to, what, the, the sixth round or whatever. Um, you know, and that, that's just a luxury. I mean, you look at when Datsuk came into the league. He was a, a rookie in 2002. And if you look at that 2002 Red Wing team, that team is ridiculous ridiculously stacked um you know you've got like luke robotai on the fourth line um it just you know now yakubov isn't going to have that opportunity in edmonton so it is an interesting sort of you know scenario you know if if you put like a nail yakubov now with a with a datsuk or a zetterberg or like a taves or a bergeron and see what would happen um i don't know i i think maybe a lot of it is comes down to systems as well whereas you know, a lot of coaches kind of expect their players to be more 200-foot players. Um, and kind of all the lines are kind of doing everything now, right? Like we talked about that in the last podcast, how the fourth line isn't just go out there and throw a few hits and come back. You know, they're expected to kind of gain the zone and maybe have a little bit of puck possession in that zone, maybe create a chance or two. So now there is more emphasis on, on this kind of well-rounded player that maybe there wasn't you know, in the early 2000s or certainly not the 90s or before that. I don't know. Does that all just sound like BS? I'm not sure. Well, everything you say sounds like BS. Yeah, but... yeah, fair enough. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I just, I underpitched that one for you. <laughs> uh, last one for me, Connor McDavid, the beautiful, wonderful Connor McDavid autographs his hypothetical Sabres sweater. Yeah, a fan yeah. bought a 97 awesome. Sabres jersey. That's awesome. And after one of his games for the Erie Otters, he came up to him and said, hey, sign this. And said, sure. Yeah. He signed his Buffalo Sabres jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that because I saw something. First of all, that's fantastic. But, you know, I'm sure that kid's <laughs> going to sign anything, right? Uh, but well, that's pretty cool. Well, you have to, yeah, right? Yeah. What are you going to say? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Can I, I think, no, I think of course you, you just can. do yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think. I mean, is there any, I don't know, maybe like, 
college players. There's so many ridiculous NCAA well, rules. Paid, or it could right? be something. But, yeah, I mean, he can sign, I'm sure, whatever he wants. Uh, On a college level, it's just yeah. if you get paid. Like yeah, uh, and, Johnny Manziel, whatever is money yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, loads of those guys. But it's not only paid. It's if you get anything free. If it's a meal, a tattoo, That's right. That's anything right. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. But he's, uh, play, he's getting paid to play right now anyways. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. He's in the CHL. And so. it's not the first... You know, McDavid, you know, number 97 we've seen in Buffalo this year. Uh, no, but there's it's been signed. Quite a few, but it's signed. I was well, thinking, you know, what if he ever signs another is one? Certainly, uh, you know. Ah, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's, uh, one, it's funny. It is. Uh, and two, I'm happy it didn't become a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Which it's is going to be really right? funny if he ends up in like Arizona or something, though, you know? Oh, it's, well, he, he may have jinxed it right there. That's what people are yeah, talking about, yeah. right? As if he jinxed it. I don't know. I, I think he's got the best chance of getting the bad to to the Sabres anyways. But it's it's interesting. There's a bit of um a bit of controversy right now with uh the number two overall pick coming up in the draft. Eichel. Oh, you mean a hockey player that won a tournament and had a beer? Exactly. <laughs> right? I don't yeah. That so, tends to happen. But yet McDavid signs this jersey. Yeah. And nothing is really written about it. It's not a big deal. But it it kind of is though in some ways. Well, I think what you just said there is it's it's just kind of, you know, but it is perhaps right? kind of foreshadowing what yeah. we all really want to see happen. I mean, nobody really, I mean, outside of Edmonton, nobody wants to see this guy end up in Edmonton. Uh, I'm sure Canada would have a day of mourning if this guy ends up in Arizona um, or Carolina. But McDavid to Buffalo just works. It just works. You know, it's right there. And, it's not too I far from too. Toronto. It's 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 a good hockey market. Uh, who hates Buffalo? Nobody hates Buffalo, right? Well, They're they just will. One of those they teams. will if they start getting good. Though. <laughs> well, they will. That's for sure. But, um, you know, it's just one of those teams that everyone's like, yeah, cool, Buffalo, you know, Um you're absolutely right. That probably will change if they get him and start winning and, and become, you know, maybe this future powerhouse in the NHL. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like you said, it's just kind of fun. It's a funny sort of situation. We've seen all these McDavid jerseys popping up, especially in Buffalo. So it sort of makes sense. Uh, the Eichel thing for me, okay, you know, the guy's underage. Maybe there's a bit of Patrick Kane in, in Eichel, you know, getting caught partying. But, um, you know, I mean, it's it's like those Russian, you know, the World Junior, what was it, 2010, where they the Russia beat Canada, right? They were down, I think, a few goals going into the third period, and then they scored five goals to win gold. And then uh, I think it was Delta or something wouldn't let these guys on the flight because they were all pissed drunk because they just beat Canada in the World, you know, the world Junior <laughs> Hockey Championship. And everyone just kind of got a kick out of that. Uh, but maybe with Eichel, I don't know. Maybe he rubs people the wrong way. Maybe people are making a bigger deal than it is. But or it's just hockey players Just drink, building man. a rivalry right off the bat, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how much of a rivalry is going to be. It seems like McDavid has a massive head start uh, talent-wise. Well, talking about his stats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to CHL right now, he's actually on pace to beat... Um, Crosby in a league that's considered tougher the OHL is considered of a higher talent level than, than the Q yeah he's beating he's beating him by a lot actually I think I just saw 
uh, 16 points. I think he has 98 points in 36 games in Crosby had, or uh, sorry, 37 games in, in his draft year, and Crosby had 82 at this point. Um, so, yeah, 16 right, points is quite a lot. 29 goals versus 36 also, right? Yeah, yeah, 53 assists to 62. So, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, what, you know, I, I think most people, there, there is, it, it seems like a consensus that he's better now at this age. You know, I mean, does that mean he goes on to be a better player than Crosby? Obviously, we're going to have to see that. He seems a very different kind of player than Crosby, though. He seems, as, as crazy as it sounds, he seems more dynamic, actually. Well, because Crosby is like the ultimate grinder. Well, he's turned into that, for sure. I think he was maybe a bit more, uh, you know, when he first came into the league. But now he he tries to, uh, he's just so much stronger now, right? You know, when you come into the league at 18, you're still a kid. Now true, he's, true. he's a man, you know, he's got like, you know, he's mass. Man. He's a man. Man. And, uh, you know, he's not afraid to sort of kind of plow through guys if he needs to. Um, but, oh, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's no Ovechkin, though, when it comes to plowing through Oh, guys. God, yeah. But but you do go back to Crosby, and, and what's not going to happen for uh, McDavid is, is you go back and you look at Crosby and just look at how incredibly well the stars aligned for Crosby. You know, lands in Pittsburgh you know, plays not an entire season, but he plays, what, 30 games or so with Lemieux. Oh, he man. lives in Lemieux's basement. Like, you cannot have, you cannot possibly have a better mentor than, you know, one generational talent, you know, just passing the torch to the next generational talent. Then you look at the Pens, they get Malkin, they get Stahl. So they've got Crosby, Malkin, Stahl down the middle. They've got Fleury. Um, you look at Buffalo, where's Lemieux? There's nobody like that to mentor McDavid. You know, they've got, they've Sam, got Josh Shores's man. Yeah, yeah, Brian Gianta. They're Brian there. Gianta. Um, he was captain materially on the house. Yeah, you've man. got Gergensens, who's a good third line center. Maybe he is stall like, maybe, but there's no Malkin there. Sam Reinhardt is a good player. He's not with Buffalo now. He'll be there next year, probably. Still no uh, He's not going to be a Malkin. They don't have a goaltender. They don't, uh, I don't. You know, who are the older guys on that team that really, really know how to win? Um, really so, know how to win? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Gianta. Well, well, you look at Pittsburgh when they won, you know, they brought in a guy like Bill Guerin, you know. Uh, that was huge, huge for them. That really put them but over they the brought, top. I, I agree. I'm not defending. I'm not trying to go against what you're saying. I agree with everything you're saying. But Guerin, Guerin showed up on that team as an F.A., because Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, Flurry were on that team already. Oh, of course, but I'm saying they got the guy that they needed. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure, I'm sure Garen, Garen wasn't just riding coattails. You know, I mean he really. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that he chose to go to Pittsburgh. People oh, are going to start choosing to go to, if it's Buffalo. People will start choosing to go to Buffalo. That's right. But will Lemieux choose to go there? You know, will Malkin? I mean, these type of players. Uh, I'm just saying. In 2005, when Crosby came to the league, like that year and the next couple of years, everything came together perfectly for him. Yeah, you know, and then and then you have sure. uh, and then you have the 2010 Olympics. You know, so he wins a cup in 09, 2010, the gold medal. Everything just came together for him. Uh, for McDavid, you know, there is going to be no Olympics until what 2020, 20. maybe. Uh, so I guess that's actually about the same amount of time. But they'll, but, they'll have um, the, the World Cups. 
But that, that's the thing. The World Cups will be in place of that. So Although he'd be playing with the under-23s, I don't know how much he'll learn in there. Yeah, that's right. The whole uh, yeah. thing is that you, the whole thing about the Olympics is that you go with established stars and you right, see right. how they prepare it. And you see that you can compete or at least practice with the same on the same level as they do, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's where sure. your confidence builds. If you're playing with a bunch of twenty three year olds that's getting your your arse handed to you. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That that's a whole other episode of this uh, podcast, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's take I a mean, break and uh, we'll get so back uh, to the podcast in a second. Make a mic clap, it's hands like we do. I need to make brains blast like they have a dose of crack. Battle every tech till they have a rap attack and I'll rap. That's the passion I have. Are you mad? Cause it's part of my genes. Uh, I had to count our position. One, two, that's normal competition. Scooby Dee Bop, watch the bomb slow. Riding for my bros, so I put a show. Grabbing the mic to speak about our dreams. This is how we roll. Hey, 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 back. Ready? Ready? Okay. Um, I got a what if scenario for you. Okay. The impossible is trade deadline coming up. Yeah, just a couple days. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some names that will never be traded. Okay. Okay. But just tell me, you're a fan of Detroit. What would you give up to get those names? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to start with your divisional rivals. I'm going to start with the Habs. Price. Everything. Is on the market. (laughs) Everybody. And Detroit has dibs. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, when I say everybody, obviously just, you know, no one is safe. No one is safe. Yeah. Uh, How much of your youth would you give up? Because Price's window is now to what, four years down the road? No, go go away. I mean, he's 27. He's 27, right? No, but I mean, I mean, like. The way he's playing right now. Oh well, of is course he's not going to. He's not going to be this every year. Of, of course, it's it's so he's going to be like so this many... for a bit, though. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he might give it a good four or five years. That's run what I mean. Like where where, where yeah. it's just yeah. unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I I would uh, obviously the Habs would immediately ask for maybe a Mrazic. You got to get a goalie back. See, uh, which, this was okay. that's the mistake that the Habs did. Uh, sorry, that's the mistake that the Habs made when they went after Wa, or when they when they let go of Wa. Is what they didn't get anyone back. Well, yeah, they didn't get anyone back, but it should have been. You want Wa? Give us Sakic or give us Forsberg? Mm. As, just to start off. Yeah, that's insane. I, I you know, it's funny you bring that up because I I did think about that the other day. Maybe. Maybe because it was a Detroit-Colorado game like the other week, and and they always bring that up. But, but yeah, he just he just bailed, man. He's like, that's it, I'm done, and the deal got done, and he was gone, and they didn't really get yeah, they didn't get a Sackick back. They maybe didn't get a Forsberg back. Maybe that's why Luongo never left Vancouver. They were just looking at that scenario, going, we're not doing that all over again. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. They didn't do. They they tried to build this big trade when they just should have just said. Cut our losses. Give us your superstar. I'll we'll give you ours. Yeah, yeah. You just don't see that too often, though, do you? Like superstar for superstar. Um, but but we're talking. Okay, so price for example, right? You're now Pittsburgh. Go back to a superstar team or Tampa. Uh-huh. Would you give up 
Stamkos for price. Plus, if you're Pittsburgh, would you give up Crosby for price? Crosby plus. The thing about Tampa is they have so many good forwards. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they just seem to keep coming. Like, these guys are just coming out of the woodworks. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, that guy's got... 15 yeah. goals. Oh, hey, yeah, hey, they're going to have another 20-goal score. Hey, look at this guy. They just keep popping up everywhere. So, I don't know. I mean, man, you're losing Stamkos. You're not talking 20, 30 goals here. You're talking no, like you're 50 talking. goals a year. That and it's almost a guaranteed 50, too. It is almost a guaranteed uh, 50, and it's almost a guaranteed power play goal a game, too. It's, it's insane and, with this guy. And also, um, thus far this year... Uh, Tampa Bay has scored 200 goals almost. Well, 203 goals. Yeah, Lose they're far and away. The, the, those, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the Habs could do with a bit more goal scoring for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Would you would you, would you? you do that? Would you give up Stamkos plus for No, I, I think you'd have to give up uh, a couple of the other kids like a Connolly and maybe a Johnson, you know, those type, type of players. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't give up, you wouldn't touch Stamkos. You'd be like, no, he's an untouchable, even for price. Yeah, oh, man. This yeah. is the what-if scenario for today. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would. Yeah. Okay. Because Go I think Pits- Tampa's, uh, you know, I, I think they are, there's just so many good forwards there that I think there's another way around that. So no, oh, no. I, I'm not no, sure. No, Montreal wants a superstar back. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the future superstars, yeah. But they're not, though, right? No, 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 Tampa, they're not. They're and, not and the, no, thing, yeah, that, the yeah. thing that's good about Tampa right now is it's the second line. It's this, the entire second line. Yeah, it's just rolling. Is, yeah. is the best second line points-wise in the hockey league, bar none. Yeah. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, they're fantastic. They really are. And but they're, they're a and they're second line. And they're relentless, too, on that puck. They it's are. Crazy. They are. But they're a second line. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not going up against the top D men. They're not going up against the top. The top center. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's Stamkos is still the man. It's just this. With you know, with Price and Stamkos, you're just a lock, almost a lock to come out of the East, right? You really are. True. Uh, you lose. Stamkos That's the impact Stamkos and, and has and, as a player. Yeah. Well, and obviously Price too. I mean, he. Just, well, Price he, plays you know, sixty yeah. minutes. Yeah, Stamkos well, I mean, look at, look at him now, and have though. That I mean, you just you look at him now on on the Habs, and you know that's a good team. It's not a great team yet. You know, they're they're no, working no, their yeah, way I'll towards there. But um, you know, I mean, how, how many points would the Habs have without Price? They're at what eighty five now. Without him, what do you think? Would you shave like as many as ten off oh, their total more. for now? Way more. Way more than that. I was I. Every time Tukarski's in nets, it's a 50-50 chance of a win, I think. It's, a fi- it's literally a 50-50 chance. Maybe, maybe, maybe a 55% chance. Yeah. So that's it. That puts you in the wildcard teams. Yeah. Well, if you maybe, shave maybe more than lower. 10, then you're, yeah, then you're looking at you know, third or, or maybe fourth. Yeah, no, I'm talking division, like so. maybe 20 points. Wow, that many, huh? Wow. It's a huge impact. Yeah, no, I mean, he's having a an, uh, just outra- you know, outrageously fantastic, amazing, incredible season. He this really is what is, it's um, like watching, and- watching him play, right? He goes in the net, the game starts. As a fan, you're looking at him play. You're like, okay, 
Great. And then Montreal scores one goal. You're just like, okay. I can relax now. We're, we're 90%. <laughs> this game is 90% won. Yeah, yeah. And then they score a second goal. You're laughing. Like today, they today they played CBJ and they scored three. It was three to one. You're, you, they were just running away with it, you thought. Yeah, after the uh, You were just like, first, this is... Yeah, this is yeah. It's it's the second period and it's actually the first period ended and you're like we got this and we got yeah. this we got this yeah it'll be interesting because the Habs are really rolling and I I not to get too off topic of the the what if scenario mm. but they um I I looked at the schedule I I thought February is going to be a huge month uh, for them because you know they're playing 14 games so they're playing a lot of games every other night in February the short month but they do have nine at home and they only played three playoff teams. The entire month. That's the problem. And it's sort of uh, it sort of <laughs> started off, you know, a bit wobbly there, where they they lost to Arizona, Buffalo, Florida at home. A lot of Tukarski, though. Yeah, there was a lot. You're right there. Um, but then they won. You know, the three teams that they had to play on the road because the, there's the a lot of teams who? as they they beat Boston. They just own Boston. They beat Detroit. They own Detroit, and then they handled St. Louis with with no problem the other day. All so, I gotta say for that is price. Price, price. Yeah, yeah. Three prices in a row, right there. He's yeah. on. He's on a ten-game winning streak right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, yeah. I really do think. I mean, I don't. For me, I don't have a problem. This whole, you know, should the goaltender win a heart? Goaltender can win a heart every year. I don't know. If, I. I mean, I, I think you true. can make that argument. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that's necessarily true either. But in this case, uh, yeah, I, I've got no problem. I, I think he should. Be way up there. Uh, Look at Lundqvist right now in New York. He, he yeah. doesn't deserve the heart in that team. Nash does. Yeah. Well, and Talbot's man. He's playing pretty well yeah. as, as well, actually. Okay, going um, back to the what yeah. if scenario, yeah. really quick. Um, let's go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Would you trade? Because now you've got two number one centermen there. Would you trade one of those? Yeah, I would. Price I would. Plus? And that's exactly Crosby. Why. Would you do would you trade Crosby? Yeah, plus? that's exactly why. I, I would. would I would trade one of those. You'd be really hesitant with Crosby. Um but they really do have a one A, one B there, don't they? I mean Malkin is not a second line center <laughs> anywhere no, he's, on this he's a number planet one centerman outside yeah. of that team. Um that's so, the yeah. only possible team that he wouldn't be. Oh yeah. I th- I think Tavares, New York. Uh, I think Malcolm probably the number one. Yeah, I think Tavares would, would be. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, but then Tavares again, like it, just, it wouldn't points. matter. Wouldn't matter there, would it? Um, no. Yeah, just like in Pittsburgh, it kind of doesn't matter. In Crosby, anyway, he always gets the crappy line mates. You know, it seems like so. Uh, it doesn't ever seem like this guy's playing with anybody, um, and he still just puts up ridiculous amount of points. Okay. Yeah, but that team Pittsburgh, yeah, I'd, I'd give up uh, one of those guys uh, yeah, you, for a price. The uh, the second and last player to be traded is present day Ovechkin, mm-hmm. and he's going to Detroit. Yeah, um, Babcock or no Babcock, it's up to you. Um, what do you give up for him? Present day, like how he's playing now. Yeah, yeah, which is is very which well. Is yeah, he's playing really well. Ovechkin, you know, bull, I would, uh, bull in a china shop. Sniper. Yeah, well, automatically, you know, I'm just thinking in terms of fairness. I'd have automatically, you'd have to give up a Nyquist to Tar. That's fine. Um, whatever, throw in 
a first rounder for maybe the next year or two, <laughs> you know, prospects. <laughs> I'd be willing to give up quite a lot. Um, what would be too much for Ovechkin? Is there anything that would be like, oh, whoa, whoa, can't go there? That's now you're just that's too much. I think too much would be maybe a Nyquist and Tatar and too many draft picks. Um, you know, too many firsts. Uh, you know, I think like a Nyquist, Tatar, and a first would do it. I would think maybe I don't know. I'm I'm actually really bad at this because I don't know. Would the you value. take Would you take um, Kessel on your team? Uh, I I think I would. Yeah, I would. I just the, the reason I hesitate is just because you know you've got a older Zetterberg and Datsuk that are still really good players. They're still very good two way players. But, you know, with Kessel, there's a risk there going the other way. You know, he's a 100-foot hockey player. Um, so, yeah, I, I would take Kessel for sure. He's a good player, man. I mean, the he's, guy he's scores. He's a great he's, player, he's but he's, he's starting sure. to develop a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, of a reputation yeah. as perhaps not the most dedicated player in terms of like dedication, not only to his health and body and fitness, but dedication to systems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would still take a chance. I, I think it would depend if, if Babcock was there. Because um, I think you got on ice leadership that you don't have in Toronto, Toronto. in, in Zetterberg, in a Datsuk, and maybe a Cronwall. Well, you only um, need to say one because that's more than Toronto has. Yeah, exactly. Um, you but, you know, then again, it looks like Nyquist, Tatar are going to turn into, you know, 25, 30 goal scorers themselves. So, um, but yeah, I mean, best place for him to land then outside of Detroit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's the best place, but, but yeah, I think most teams, I think pretty much 29 other teams would be like, yeah, we take this guy on our team. Um, except maybe the Kings, (laughs) you know, I don't know who just seem to uh, have everything anyway. Um, where does he land? I don't think he goes anywhere trade deadline. I don't see any need for them to rush anything with him or Fanuf or really anyone on that team. Maybe like a Lupo or a Bozak. Uh, that's fine. I think you can let those guys go now, this weekend, within a couple of days before the deadline uh, comes and goes. But with the big, big, big pieces like Kessel and Fanuf, I think they should just be patient, don't you? Be patient. Wait There's for the no summer. Reason. Get close to the draft. I mean, I was watching their game today. They have two first rounds, uh, two first round picks this draft. They have no second round picks this year. Uh, then they have two thirds and two fourths. So, you know, get Lupo out of there or a Bozak. You know, try to get something, some more picks in that second round. But uh, as far as Kessel and Funov, just wait. Just wait. There's no need. No need. Uh, and then if it's in the summer, who knows where he goes? Then it's wide open, right? Oh, you can get a lot for him. Yeah. Yeah, he'd look good in Montreal, I'll tell you that. You need he a would. right winger. For sure. Yeah. How did you like uh, Smith Pelly? You watched him today, yeah? What'd you think? First impression? It's, it's a game, you know, so can't really. Uh, uh, it, tell it's a, whole a, lot it's a little bit unfair. Montreal plays a really, really tight system. And yeah. if you don't know exactly where to be, where to stand in, on the ice, especially without the puck, Sometimes you look kind of lost, and he uh, he did look a little lost sometimes, yeah. um, meaning being out of position. But whatever, he hustled. He 
he played, I guess, the game that he was brought in to play. Mm-hmm. He replaced uh, Christian Thomas, just a little rookie. Um, yeah, they don't uh, play the same type of game <laughs> on the roster. Yeah, but you know he's he, he's he's playing it. He's playing more of a role type of play. He's a more of a role type of player, and he and he's playing that role very nicely. He's probably going to end up on a third line. Um, it's, it was an interesting trade, you know. They, they traded yeah. the potential of a top six winger yeah. for the guaranteed top nine winger you yeah know, he, with with definite top six potential for sure i mean depending on what's going sure, on sure they're with, the same the age yeah, yeah but i we can i can guarantee well it's already guaranteed that uh smith belly will be in nhl in a few years oh for sure there's no yeah. guarantee sekak can make it still yeah we'll see i didn't watch a game uh i think he played his i think he debuted against uh with anaheim against ottawa the other day but i didn't watch that game um, but yeah, I mean Ottawa shut them out three nothing. But I, I don't know what I, happened. I mean, that doesn't see say it. much because they shut out everybody, right? Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like if they shut out Getzlaff and Perry, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not a knock on anybody else. In the well, team, yeah, that's right? what I mean. It, it's yeah, and again, it's it's one game, so yeah. Yeah, that. But the thing about Sekak or Sekash, um, he's good. He's fast. He's yeah. fun. He's really, really, really fun to watch. Mm, very skilled, yeah. Very skilled. But one of his one of his strengths is to drive the puck to the net. He's using his skill, right? He's got height, but he doesn't have size. But he can drive that puck to the net really well. But he only did it once in 50 semi-games. Yeah, yeah. He never he could never get through and he tried to dangle a lot and you can't dangle in NHL unless you're Patrick Kane yeah I, you know, I think I told it. you uh off you know off this podcast that he really really reminds me of Thomas Yurko in Detroit I mean they've got the same number they've got the same kind of skill set they've How played the same Yurko? kind of game I think he's 6'1 6'2 oh, something okay. like that um, I think Yurko's a little heavier, and he plays a little heavier. He, he's kind of hitting, and Babcock, for whatever reason, you know, I mean, whatever, he's Babcock, but he's just burying this kid on the fourth line. Um, he's getting no looks, no chances, so he's trying to do a lot of it on his own. Same thing, you know, trying toe drags, trying to skate through everyone. Sometimes it works, most of the time it doesn't. Like you said, it's the NHL. Um, but yeah, really similar kind of players. Uh, so he you might, know, for he, me, it's it's you know, like you said, you get these young guys. It's tough to watch them go because you just don't know what they are, and and it's hard to kind of, you know, kind of see these guys go without knowing what they are, you know, because they might turn into something pretty great, but maybe they don't. Yeah, it, it, and that's the that's the gamble, right? Yeah, Mon- Montreal took a bit of more of a safe route, and basically, um, it came out afterwards that they were trying to outbid Boston, a divisional rival for them. Okay, yeah. And they ended up winning. And I think come playoff time, you know, especially if it, it is looking like you might play a Boston. So um, Smith Pelly would be, be pretty good. You know, I mean, not that the Habs are having a problem with Boston, not that the Habs are having a problem with Boston's size or physicality, um, because, you know, they beat them last year in the playoffs and they just seem to own them uh, since then. But, you know, he, he does play kind of a heavier game, you know. Uh, also stick, sticks up for teammates. He's not afraid to drop him if he has to. That's a big um, deal. Yeah. So anyway, but like I said, I mean, I, I mean, how much do you guys need that? You're beating Boston without it. So, um, yeah. 
but, but yeah. they're, they're, they're looking at him for the long haul, right? For they're sure. looking at him yeah. for the second, third round, fourth round. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, could happen with Price. Yeah. Pricer. Anyways, man. Uh, we should wrap it up. 